0: Hey friend. Welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with him again? Hey, I'm Sam and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading, but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your coffee, Bible and pen, and let's dig in. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. I am so excited for today's guest and topic because we're basically speaking to me, so it's fine. Um, If you are a friend who has maybe dealt with perfectionism, striving, doing, this this is the episode for you today, friends. So Welcome Vivian. Vivian Cummins is a writer, blogger, storyteller, mentor, and speaker from a small town in Oklahoma. She's a wife to a retired Air Force veteran, a bonus mom to two adult kids, and a glammy to five grandkids. As a federal employee with over 24 years of civilian service, Vivian has climbed the ladder of success and served in various positions throughout the U.S., Japan, and Germany. Although her name means lively, Vivian admits she has not always felt lively. Her need to be perfect and in control, she claims, led to an unbalanced lifestyle filled with work, self-inflicted stress, burnout, stress-related illness, depression, and anxiety. In 2020, after years of striving and mental exhaustion, Vivian rededicated her life to the Lord, yes ma'am, and vowed to relinquish control and submit to God's will. Her newfound faith and commitment were immediately put to the test. And in 2021, her life changed when she received a devastating call that she had been diagnosed with stage three melanoma. Though this was the scariest, most difficult season of her life, Vivian claimed she would not change a thing. Amen. That season, she says, set her free from captivity. It taught her how to give up control and trust God, embrace perfection, and recognize and recalibrate the unbalance in her life. Today, Vivian not only shares her testimony with other busy women, but she also provides valuable lessons and helpful tips for actively seeking balance, which starts with making time for God, self, and good old-fashioned fun. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. So fun. And I I love your intro. It's like a complete story. I mean, not complete, but like a snapshot story of Vivian. And then, so we can, we can just jump right in. Perfect. What, how did perfectionism enter your life? And when did you notice that it was actually a problem?
1: So my first recollection of perfectionism, even though back then I didn't know what it was, was when I was five years old. Mm. So I have a very vivid memory of um, being in kindergarten and you got to take naps in kindergarten. It was awesome. (laughs) I would do anything to take a nap during the day now. Um, But I remember we had these little mats that we would put on the floor and take our naps and, Mine, um, every time that I would swoosh it, it would lay down and it would be crinkled and had wrinkles in it. And I couldn't I couldn't stand that. So I couldn't lay down on it until it was smooth. And so all my little classmates, they're all laying down, they're starting their nap time, and I just keep fanning my little blanket thing. Um and I remember my teacher telling me, if you do that one more time, I'm taking you to the office and you're gonna get a spanking. And so, course you know, I laid it down, and I got on it, and I'm sitting there with my arms and my legs, and I'm just trying to smooth it out, you know, because it wasn't perfect. and I remember being so angry, even at five years old, I was so angry at her, and it wasn't because you know she embarrassed me in front of my classmates, it was because she forced me to accept mediocrity, and I didn't know what that was, but I just knew that that angered me, and so that was the first time I think, um that perfectionism probably entered my life, um probably was always there, um then as I grew it it kind of manifested in other areas. Um, my next re- memory was about junior high. I started having this fascination with my hair, and you know, I come from Oklahoma. Oklahoma is very humid. (laughs) And I had this, you know, fine blonde straggly hair and it wouldn't do right. And I had to use tons of Aquanet back in the day we used Aquanet. And, uh, do you, do you remember Aquanet? I do. I sure do. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It could hold anything. It smelled bad, but it could hold anything. Um, and I remember getting up and doing my hair and if it didn't curl, right. I'd go rewash it, and so I would just go through this whole thing. And my mom is like, "You're going to be late for school." And so there was many, many times where I was late for school because my hair wouldn't fix right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the second memory. And then just as I, you know, got into my teenage years and adulthood, it's it manifested in other areas. Um, once I uh, became an adult, I started seeing it in my work, and you know, not turning in projects on time because they weren't perfect. (laughs) And, you know, I would get, I would get a pass from my boss because the product that I would submit was perfect. So they're like, okay, you're late, but I don't have to fix anything. So you get this pass. So my behavior was kind of like almost rewarded. I'm like, yay, right on. Um, So, so yeah. And so that's kind of, kind of how it, um, entered my life. Um, you know, 51 years old now and still kind of working on it, but it's been there for a while.
0: So then when was that, what was the shift of like it becoming a problem that you knew you needed to take action somehow?
1: So there's been a couple of times throughout my life that I've recognized that this is a problem, I need to do something about it, but I didn't do anything about it. So Mm. um, I would say probably age 35-ish, kind of had almost, kind of had a breakdown a little bit just because there was just so much going on and trying to be perfect at everything was really weighing heavy on me. So I knew there was something wrong, but I didn't really do anything about it. I went to the doctor. They prescribed some anxiety medicine. I was like, okay, that fixed it, and then I moved on. Um, It was in 2020 is when I actually was like, I can't live like this anymore, right? Yeah. I got to the point where I was just so physically and mentally exhausted, and I I was really like sick of myself. Like, this is ridiculousness. What are you doing? And so I had some things kind of – my dad – Got sick, and so things were just coming to a head. And I remember being in my living room at home by myself. I just fell to my knees, and I said, "I'm done. I'm just done. I can't do this anymore." And that's when I I rededicated my life. I've been a Christian since I was ten, but I just said, "I'm done. I'm tired of being in control. It's not working." (laughs) And so basically, just surrendered and said, "Okay, God, do what you got to do, and uh, I'm all in, whatever that looks like."
0: Oh, I love that. I love that so much. There's a point where we just get, like, we try all the things on our own, right? And for some, and maybe for a while, they are sufficient and they can move us along and they can get us to these end goals. But at some point, we just run out of our own gumption. We run out of our Mm -hmm. own steam. And I love that the first place you turned in that moment was to the Lord because I always, in times where I've strived and done it on my own, I'm like, dang, I wonder what would have happened if I would have just given it to the Lord in the beginning, right? I mean, I don't think too far in the rear view mirror, but it helps me think to the future, like, okay, Sam, am I going to make a choice to give this to God, whatever, this podcast, this business, whatever it is, and Mm -hmm. surrender it now, Mm -hmm. or am I going to do it Sam's way and then surrender it when I'm completely exhausted and burnt out, right? Because either way, Right. right, it's his, and it's his to carry, and so- I love that. He was the person you turned to you. Um, what, what did that look like? Like you rededicated your life and then how did he, how did healing take place?
1: Oh, I went through some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, God, first of all, God is so good to us. He has he, so much mercy and grace. Um, there was a lot of work that needed to be done in me. Right. Um, One of the first things that he revealed into me was I had a very strong spirit of pride and, um, it was always look at me, look at me, look at me. I always had to be the center of attention, um, center stage all the time. And that was the first thing that he started working with me on. And then the compassion part came in to play, um, he started revealing to me, you know, this, this issue of perfectionism, this stronghold that I've had about having to be in control. And at first I felt really condemned. I'm like, oh man, I really, I stink, man. <laughs> I got a lot of work to do. But then he just started revealing to me why, the why behind that. Let, let me show you, baby girl, why you have this in your life. Let me, let me reveal some things that have happened over the course of your life that could possibly have led to this. And so once I started understanding that I had compassion for myself and I'm like, okay, I can, I can forgive myself, you know, cause in a sense, I've pretty much put myself through this my whole life. You know, the mm-hmm. whole perfectionism being in control and all of the negativity that follows that. Um, so I started just learning and forgiving myself and then he really started helping me to discern when I was letting unbalance come into my life and where perfectionism was starting to take over and when I was trying to control things and that kind of stuff. And so I'm, I'm able to discern that now. Sometimes it takes me a little longer, depends on the situation. <laughs> um, and, and I think I'm still healing, quite honestly. I think it's wow. um, an ongoing process. It's everyday thing. I have to be very intentional every single day to just take um, an account of how things are, how I'm feeling, how I'm reacting to things and stuff like that. So it's kind of an ongoing process, I think.
0: Yeah, totally. I I would 100% agree. I, I feel like striving is my, I, sometimes I call it like my sinful mode, but like my flesh mode, My my default really. Like mm-hmm. if I'm not surrendered, then my my default mode is striving and, like, overachieving or perfectionism, right? Mm -hmm. And so whereas some other women, it might be, like, complacency or lazy or, like, whatever, mine is, like, striving. And so if it's not fully surrendered, you'll see Sam burning herself to the ground. But (laughs) (laughs) I get it. (laughs) What are – okay, so you mentioned unbalance, which I think is a key word. What did that – look like? How did you, like, Are were there telltale signs that you started to notice and pick up on?
1: Yeah, for me, it's always been work. Mm. Um, I associated my identity with work and what, I don't know, there's a lot, it's kind of funny. I've really started to be in tune with this when I meet new people and they say, oh, tell me about yourself. And, or I ask them, tell me a little bit about yourself. They start giving me their job description.
0: Yes, their title. And,
1: their title. And I did that like a month or so ago, we have a new leader in our organization and I was introduced to him and he's like, tell me about Vivian. And I started telling him about this project that I've been working on for two years and bless his heart. He raised up his hands. He's like, that's wonderful. It goes, but tell me about Vivian. And I, and I was like, okay. So I had to like stop and think who think. am I? So it's still a thing, right? Yeah. Um, so So yeah, it's been in, it's been in my work that I, I strive to be the best. I, you know my team has to be the best are the stuff that we turn in. I, I, I used to be, I'm not anymore, but I used to be in the employee and labor relations career field. So a lot of the work that we did, um, very well could land on a desk of a judge or, you know, a third party. And, and so our stuff did have to be legally sufficient and defensible and all this other stuff. And so that was my justification for my behavior, Mm. my poor team because they would submit their work to me. And I, of course, would uh, QC it, make changes, and then send it back to them or whatever. And it was never good enough. And they actually was like, Vivian, we're never good enough. And that just broke my heart because you're all so great. You are wonderful professionals, right? But because of my stronghold of perfectionism, and, but again, I would always fall back on there. Well, you know, if this goes before a judge, we need it to be perfect. So again, I was, I've always been given these little, like, passes for my behavior. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, anyway. So, so yeah, it it entered in with my work and, um, you know, I would work tremendous hours to get stuff done. Um, and you know, my, my team actually gave me an intervention one time because I was notorious for sending emails at 11 and 12 o'clock at night. Oh, I'm so embarrassed to say that, but I did. And so when my, my team would come in, in the morning, they would get these emails and they would see the timestamp on it. And so they all got together and they said, we, we got to have an intervention And so they did, and we had such a great relationship and they said, you know, Vivian, we love you, but we're really concerned. You shouldn't, you know, why do you feel like you have to send these emails at 11 o'clock? What are we not doing for you that makes you feel like you have to work all these hours? And my heart just broke. And I was like, well, thank you. You know, and so (laughs) I have to say, it took me a little while. I learned how to like type an email and then you can like send it later. So I started doing that.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh, I know.
1: You know, let's let's take that feedback and and I started like not working as late. So good.
0: That's yeah. I yes the schedule send is like very convenient, yeah. but also
1: very <laughs> dangerous. It's a band aid though. It was yes. it was a band
0: aid. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it just disguised the actual problem of what you were still working at night. Yeah. They just didn't know it. And so ladies listening, this could look like um, we'll talk about identity piece in a minute, but this could look like the roles in your motherhood, in your college, in your season of life where you, when someone asks you the question, like Vivian had the question of describe your name. And the first thing you think of is I'm a mom, I'm a wife, which are all good things, right? But like, who are you? And sometimes as women, we get so wrapped up in our identity of who we're supposed to be, um, what our title is, whether it's at home or in the workforce or on the campus or whatever, that we forget actually who we are. I've had that happen several times. We're like, what do you do for fun? And I'm like, I'm a mom. I do this. (laughs) They'd be like for fun. I don't know. (laughs) I'll let you know when I find it. But we, uh, I don't know why, but there's, I feel like there's always been like this pressure of, um of having fancy things in front of, or Mm -hmm. to be like, I'm just a mom. When a mom Mm -hmm. is your greatest, you know, identity, or Mm -hmm. I'm just a school teacher. So it's either we do one or the other, right? We're just this person, or we're all this person. And that's all we are. And so if you're listening, you probably fall into one or two of those camps. And I remember so much. I mean, even last year, I, I owned a marketing business. And so My identity was so, I was so proud of what we had done. And, but that was who I was. I was the founder of 1010 Social. And so it also related to like the busier I was, the more successful I felt, the more achieved I felt, the more physically my body was burning out. My family saw me less. Like other things were hurting, but my job or my whatever it was was incredible because I was this, this, and this. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So there's like an identity issue when we wrap ourselves up in our titles and our names instead of being, because scripture tells us the exact opposite, like polar opposite, which isn't that a great tactic of the enemy to keep you busy. But scripture will say, You're mine, says Jesus. Mm -hmm. Abide in me, rest in me, come to me. All of these things don't say, Add more to your to do list, right? (laughs) Stay busier. Define yourself in this way. Like it's countercultural to be this woman who abides in Christ and who heals from her imperfectionism and who doesn't strive for all the things that the world will tell us. Right. So what, what sort of like, where are you now? What healing you said, we're in a continual process of healing, which yes. And amen. I feel like that'll go until heaven. Um, but where are you now? And then what would you say to the person who's like, yes, I am Vivian. <laughs> so, how Are there steps or practical that you can give us as well?
1: Yeah. So it's been a process over the past three years. Um, but I, I'm really in tune with myself to where, um, I know when I'm in an extreme. So I'm, I'm, I'm very cautious, um, you know, things, things that will tell me, okay, you're getting into the extreme is if I start feeling anxious about something or if like, for instance, at, at work, if there's something that, um, I'm starting to feel anxious and stressed. One of the things that I do, um, that I'm also working on is I'm a stress eater. Mm, And so if I start, scrounging around trying to find something sweet or salty during the, during the work day, then I know I'm in an extreme. And so I try to take a moment to look at, okay, what's going on? What, where do I feel out of control here? And what can I do? Can I control this? If not, you know, then I need to, you know, take some steps to calm down. Um, but that's been one of the things that I've noticed is when I start looking and, and I don't have any sugary or, or salty stuff in the house. Cause I'm on a food program right now. And so <laughs> I start looking, there's nothing there. And then I'm like, okay, there's nothing here. So I need to recalibrate. And so I'll do something like, you know, I work from, from a home office. So I'll go for a quick walk around the block. Um, sometimes I'll throw in a load of laundry. Sometimes I'll just stop and pray and be like, okay, Lord, I'm feeling like I'm going into an extreme now. Help me to, you know, figure out why and to move forward. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm just really in tune with that. And I'm very, very intentional. If I am feeling unbalanced or I see that um, there is some unbalance, then I take steps immediately to correct that, um, whatever that might look like. Um, I know one thing uh, that I'm also kind of dealing with is, we're new to the area. We've just lived here about 18 months. And uh, so I'm, I'm wanting to get involved in a lot of stuff. I'm wanting to meet people. I'm wanting yeah. to be a part of our church. I'm wanting to do all the things. And I'm in a season right now. God's like, I'm I'm doing a new thing. And just let it be authentic and natural. I will bring the people to you. And so I've kind of had to take a step back because I've been involving myself in all these things. And I started feeling overwhelmed and um, I was like, okay, God, you know, what do you want me to do? And he just said, just, just chill out for a little bit. Just chill. So I'm chilling. I'm feeling a little anxious because I feel like I should be doing something like, mm-hmm. you know, I got this ministry. I got this. I got this in my soul. I want to get the word out. And he's telling me just to chill out for now. And so that's when I'm chilling.
0: <laughs> I love that. This, this ministry, had I will tell you this, hopefully will encourage you. This ministry had a chilling out period. Like the Lord gave me the Jesus thing is what I called it before he named it. And For years. And then he named it and I was like, all right, let's go. Like I'm ready. And he did the same thing. Like, just hang on. We're not quite ready. And it's funny because what I learned in the not quite ready part was this was Sam, you're still relying on yourself and you're still striving Mm -hmm. and you're still dealing with Mm -hmm. anxious and these things. And it took actual burnout to for me to recognize, but in that season of he was saying pause, I was learning and growing to now That's help right. shape the season that we're in now. And so now I can thousand percent say, and not a Christian like religious way or I'm holier than thou, but a literal this whole thing is Holy Spirit led and it's Holy Spirit fueled right. and it's all Him and none of me because I consistently have to die to self to not you know like yes. go back to the striving mode and so. I would do that waiting period a million times over if it meant that this is what happens now, right? Like if it meant this abundantly more came from that waiting season. So be encouraged woman listening and you too, Vivian, like this hold on season is so good and it's never passive. Our waiting seasons are never passive. Waiting to me is an active word. If I'm waiting for something, that means I'm waiting on the last thing that he's told me to do, which I need to go back to it or I'm digging in my scripture, like it's never passive. And so, but on the other side of that is abundantly more, and it is something that only he can do with it. And that's, it's worth the wait, right? Yes. Yes. I also love that Um, you said, let it be. Those are like my three favorite words. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. And they are for me too, because there's that sense of freedom, you know, be yep. living balanced or, or living, trying to live balanced. I mean, there's just that sense of freedom. And I felt like I have just uh, uh, lost, you know, hundred pounds, right? Yeah. Over the last few years, because I don't strive. I don't stress. I don't have the anxiety that I used to have. It doesn't mean that I'm not tempted, you right. know, and it doesn't mean that I, you know, go go a certain direction every now and again, but I know immediately to recognize it and come back. So that's, that's a win, right? So a hundred percent.
0: And I feel like that'll continually be the case until it's just not there anymore. And, Mm -hmm. and I love that you said discernment in this because like Holy spirit living inside of us will give us those checks. And like, and there are times where I have to specifically ask him. I feel like so many times we pray, for everyone else. Maybe it was just me. I don't know. For everyone else. And I forget to pray specifically for me. Like, what do I need right now to grow deeper in my relationship with you? I need mm-hmm. like currently today, <laughs> I need to wake up earlier. God, I am so tired. I can't wake up earlier. Can you please help me to wake up earlier? Like that's how specific yeah. sometimes I have to get with him. And so for this, it's like, God, make it a bright neon sign <laughs> in my life. Yes. And I am defaulting back to striving or when something is not right. Like help me to discern that very clear. And, and yes. we have freedom to ask that of him and he loves us and he'll grant it because that's also his desire. His desire is right. for us to be overworked and burnt out and in, Done,
1: (laughs) you know exactly, exactly. And you know, as I've been uh, diving deep into this this topic, and gosh, the Bible is so full of scripture that says. I mean, the word balance isn't necessarily you know all over the place but just the scriptures are talking about you know take up my yoke um you know he doesn't want us striving i <clears> think <throat> he's our helper i mean he's just he's sitting back he's waiting for us to just you know call him in and yeah. let him do his job and so often we wait until the last minute and um i just want to encourage people to do that at the onset when you start feeling that um call upon the holy spirit at that moment and and he's he's so faithful you yeah. know, he's so faithful in in stepping in and helping. And so, um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. I lo- yes, I love that. And honestly, if there's and maybe we'll put some of these in the show notes too, but if there is if this is something you're dealing with, um, any of this topic that we've talked about, I would highly encourage you to grab your Bible dig into scripture, get a concordance mm-hmm. or look in a glossary, right? Or you can Google it, but be safe with the websites that come up. But, um, <laughs> and look for scriptures on striving and you won't necessarily see like thou shalt not strive. It'll be yeah. like, she said, like my yoke is light. Give me your burdens. Come to me, rest to me. All of these sort of abide in me mm-hmm. scriptures and they will help you to put that at the forefront. And so what I did was I put I wrote out scriptures. I put it on my mirror. So when I'm doing my makeup, I'm memorizing scripture. I put it on my fridge because we're women and we're in the kitchen. I don't know. (laughs) You put it (laughs) on your dashboard, wherever you are to help get his word inside of you. And then I would use that sword, that word, like a sword. And so Mm -hmm. when these thoughts would come up, I would say, man, I'm feeling heavy. Or, you know, if something would happen, I would use scripture to combat the feeling I was feeling or the enemy's lies or the stronghold that was coming, you know, so memorize it and then use it as a weapon against the enemy who would love to keep you broken and stressed and anxious and all these other things that are not from God. So, yes. you know, the other thing
1: that I've started doing, um, I love, I love how you're putting scripture up and you're memorizing it as you're doing, excuse me, your day-to-day activities. Um, I'm not real good at scripture memorization. I got a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff going on in my head. Sometimes I got to move things around to make space. (laughs) Um, and, it, and the older I get, the worse that gets, by the way. I don't know. Um, so, but but I am doing that. And I do keep little stickies around and stuff like that. But also the thing that I've started doing is I've been saying it out loud. And I say it oh. loud mm-hmm. because, you know, when, when, you, when you verbalize it, Satan hears that. And so it just feels more powerful. And so I there's some days when I'm feeling like Satan's trying to attack me, I'll just belt out. I'm here by myself in the house and I'm just belting out scripture, you know, or grabbing my Bible and looking up something, and just belting it out because there's just something powerful about yeah. verbalizing it. And so, yeah, that's one of the, the things yes. that I've been trying to. I
0: love that. And then it like empowers you. Like yeah. I am a soldier for kingdom. I don't know. Like I did that recently, yeah. totally random, but related. My daughter was having nightmares. And so I've taught her how to sort of, like not sort of to rebuke the enemy. And so when she first did it, she was just sort of praying. And so it was very like timid and like, God, please take away these bad dreams. And now sister friend is like, I rebuke the enemy. (laughs) There is no fear. I replace, you know, she goes to town (laughs) and it's that authority that she feels. And it's not from her. It's from the Lord. Right. When we, we, understand the authority that we have because of christ in us then yes amen open your bible and shout that word and do it with conviction and authority and guess what the bible says that the enemy has to flee and so that's right bye that's right (laughs) See you yeah. later. See I know.
1: It's so funny. I have my windows open. It's It's been in the 70s around here. I have my windows open. And it just, I get tickled because I'm like, if somebody's like walking by my house and I'm having one of these episodes, they're probably thinking, what is going on in that house? But you know what? Maybe it's a witness to them. I don't know. But it's just funny. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That'll be. Yes. That. I've never thought about my neighbors that way. So they probably might think I'm a little crazy or they might come to me when they need something. Who knows? They're like, that's right. Vivian is praying. She's going to town. And so when I'm I'm in trouble, yes, I'm
1: going to go to her and let her pray for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Um, Okay. Before we start to wrap up, I want you to encourage the listeners. um, Like what is one thing you would say to them who are going through what you have walked through.
1: Mm -hmm. Number one, you're not alone. It may feel like it. It really, it really really can feel like it during this uh, past three years, I have been so isolated. Um, That was when COVID hit. They sent us all home and I've been a remote worker ever since. And so my kids are grown and out of the house. So it's just me. And so very isolated and God, God had to show me that I'm not by myself in this. And so that's number one is don't isolate yourself. Um, God is there with you. and And I can't stress this enough. He wants to help us through this. He wants to. And again, like with me, yes, there was some conviction there. Um, but no condemnation he convicted yeah. me of where i was you had some strongholds where i needed to come up higher and then he gave me the tools to do it and he was right there and you have to be willing to let god do his thing let him do his job that's what he's the holy spirit is there for he's our comforter he's our helper and it's just it's being vulnerable it's it's recognizing that we need the help and it's going to the one who can give us the help and that can heal us from from that and so that's probably my biggest takeaway because I didn't have anybody else and, and yes I have my husband and so but he didn't understand what was going on inside me yeah. um in fact I don't even know that he knew that I rededicated my life until I think he read my bio recently I was having him proofread it for me and I don't think he knew that um you know I don't think he knew the internal struggles that I was having cuz you know as perfectionists we don't like to show weakness so I probably never let let him know on to that um so anyways, I, it was just a very alone time for me. And sometimes God needs us to to set us apart like that, but we're not alone and yeah. don't go through that alone. Um, take up his yoke and let him
0: help you. Yeah. Such a good word. Thank you for that. Okay, where can we come say hi and hang out with Vivian? <laughs> oh, I would
1: love it if people would come hang out with me. So um, I do have a website, VivianCummins.com. And uh, there I've just provided some, there's some blog posts and um, some information there. Um, by signing up, you can get some 20 no-nonsense tips for living a balanced life. I always tease, um, some of the ladies, like if, if they do sign up, I think it's number, let me look at it. It's number four, um, on that, that their husbands are going to really enjoy. So, um, that might be, uh, something you might want to check out. Um, (laughs) but, but yeah. And so also to the social media, I've got Facebook and Instagram, um, Uh, on those, you know, I, I focus a lot on having good old fashioned fun because that's so important to a balanced life. I think sometimes we think it's eating right and exercising and not working too much and stuff like that, but we forget to go have fun. And so that's something that my husband and I, like I said, we're empty nesters and we're extremely intentional about making time for fun. And so we go out and we're, we act like kids and so you might see some stuff on our webs my website that's kind of silly, but hey, it's important. It's important to
0: have fun. So it's Yeah, it's totally important. Yes. I love that. And I need the reminder. So thank you. That's okay. We will post <laughs> all the links below, of course. Um, but thank you again, Vivian, so much for your time thank and and you. your message. We appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. friend. I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in before you go quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username abundant woman. Co come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community, going after Jesus, and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time.